Five handcuffs that are going to provide value right away. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy OT. I'm your host, Uncle Chug. Starting things off at number five, the man they call Baby Beast Mode, Jordan Mason. The official 49ers number three running back as of now, I don't see that lasting very long. I know what you might be thinking. I haven't heard of this guy. Why should I draft him? Who is he? Well, he's a second-year player that averaged a healthy six yards a carry last year. And you may not know him now, but you will soon. Right now, the number two guy on the 49ers is Eli Mitchell. You've heard of him a little bit. Problem is, he can never stay on the field. He always seems to have knee problems, knee injuries, and every time he gets cooking, he finds a way to get himself out of the lineup. Mason is a much bigger back. Mitchell is 5'10", 200 pounds. Mason is 5'11", 223 a bruising back, a much better fit for Kyle Shanahan's style of one cut and run downhill. Obviously, the 49ers love to run the ball. That's not changing anytime soon. So Mason's going to get ample opportunity regardless of who the starter is. If McCaffrey were to miss time, I think he would easily jump into the high-end RB2, low-end RB1 conversation. Being a bruising back, he's going to get the ball a ton near the goal line. We already saw it last year when he came in to spell McCaffrey near the red zone inside the red zone, and inside the five. I think he has major touchdown upside and potentially even regular RB2 upside if he can find a way to leapfrog Mitchell early on in training camp, and I fully expect him to. Up at number four, Gus the Bus Edwards. We've heard his name for years. I feel like every year this man is overlooked and undervalued, but he always finds a way to become fantasy relevant. The Baltimore Ravens are not going to stop running the ball. Yes, they've bolstered their receiving core, and they've gotten a bunch of new weapons with Zay Flowers, still Rashad Bateman. Yes, they signed Odell Beckham, but their heart and soul involves running the ball. And I know they have J.K. Dobbins, but Dobbins just didn't look right last year, and I don't expect him to be fully himself just yet. He was in and out of the lineup last year. They've had bad luck with running backs over the last few years, with Justice Hill getting injured, obviously Edwards' injury a couple of years ago and Dobbins injury. But now, Edwards is two years fully removed from his ACL injury. Last year, he still wasn't quite himself. This year, I think we're going to be seeing the guy that has averaged five yards a carry his full career. Um, Yes, I said five yards a carry. Something really hard to do in today's game. I think Edwards is going to get a ton of goal line work. He doesn't get a bunch of receiving work, but in general, that really hasn't impacted his value. He always seems to make an impact whenever he touches the ball. He's a downhill runner. They give him the ball inside the red zone, even with little opportunity. If he's getting 11, 12 carries a game, that's going to translate to 60, 70 yards and likely a touchdown. You could do a lot worse than that. Don't be afraid to draft him somewhat early. I think people wait on him every year and then try to hope that he's on the waivers. I don't think this is the year to do it. I would draft him probably in the later rounds if he's available, But expect him to get work. I feel like the Ravens are going to try to protect Dobbins from himself. Last year, he kept trying to find his way into the lineup, even when his knee wasn't right. And I think this year, the Ravens are going to approach the situation differently and try to make it more of a timeshare. So feel comfortable drafting Edwards and be grateful you did. Next up, rookie Tank Bigsby. This is a guy we're going to definitely look back at at the end of the year and be like, how on earth did he slip to the 88th pick? I think with the running back, being so devalued right now a lot of these guys that would have been drafted earlier are now falling quickly for whatever reason and maybe that'll change but for now this is what we're in bigsby is similar to travis Etienne in that he's a receiving back great hands coming out of auburn 
was a great player in his three years over there. And from everything I've read uh, from the beat writers and the Jaguars, it sounds like his skill set is translating well. He's actually pretty big for a rookie at six foot, 213 pounds. And we saw numerous times last year that Travis Etienne struggled to just punch the ball in. Even when he got two or three cracks at it, the man just couldn't hit pay dirt. So I could really see Bigsby coming in, obviously having a role as a receiver on third downs, but he may very well start to steal first and second down work from Etienne if he can prove that he can run in between the tackles and maybe even stay on the field more often. Plus, we all know Etienne, unfortunately, kind of has had some injury issues with his foot. He missed that whole season with the Liz Frank. And he also missed a game, I think, last year with that same foot, but it wasn't Liz Frank related. But needless to say, Doug Peterson loves running backs. If you remember in 2017 when the Eagles won it all, they had a flurry of them. They had LeGarrette Blunt, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement. They signed Jay Ajayi. I don't think Peterson's afraid to employ multiple backs into a system, and they all eat. So expect no different for Bigsby. Bigsby's going to be a name that we're going to be remembering at the end of the year. I would definitely draft him. Don't let him fall past like the sixth, seventh round. Um, they still have Jamichael Hasty on the depth chart, but I don't think he's going to be getting much else but scraps. So feel comfortable drafting Bigsby as well. And he may very well vault himself into the RB1 category if ETN were to miss any time. Up at number two, Damian Harris, a name that we all are familiar with. The ex-Patriot may very well still be a Patriot if it wasn't for the emergence of Ramondre Stevenson. In his first year, Damian Harris was kind of redshirted, so he really doesn't have that much wear and tear on his body. And I think coming to the Bills is a perfect fit for his skill set. The Bills have a top-tier offense. They try to run the ball. They've drafted guys. They've had Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, but even James Cook, obviously, now. But they've never really had a guy separate himself from the group. And Damian Harris knows how to score touchdowns. Yeah, he's kind of a more old-school back in that he doesn't get much receiving work, and he is more of a downhill runner but he's a very capable downhill runner. In 2021, he was second in the league with 15 touchdowns, and I think that's a big reason why they signed him. They want to use him near the goal line, and they want to take some of that workload off of Josh Allen. Um, James Cook is great, and he is listed as the starter, but he's still 5'11", 190 pounds. That's almost scat back territory in my mind. Harris is 5'11", 213. So I would expect Harris to get just as many opportunities as Cook and to make a pretty big impact fairly quickly. So he's another guy I would draft and not let slip too far down the line. Great value pick. Could very easily become a consistent touchdown-dependent RB2. I think he's a great pick in standard leagues, obviously because his receiving work is minimal. But he'll definitely get an opportunity to score. And I think he'll actually get close to that 10-touchdown mark by the time it's all said and done. Number one, a name that you may not have heard of, but you certainly will, Jerome Ford, the Cleveland Browns number two back. Uh, if you remember last year, we saw Kareem Hunt go off. We, I mean, for the last few years, we've seen Kareem Hunt go off. We even saw Dearness Johnson have a splash game or two last year when Chubb and Hunt were out. The Browns love to run the ball. That's not changing anytime soon. Chubb is obviously still the number one guy, but he has had years where he's missed some time with injury. And that really hasn't changed the program for the Browns. They still run the ball the same amount. They have the same game script. And I'd expect that to continue. Kevin Stefanski loves to run a run-heavy scheme. And, they, you know, Chubb doesn't get as much passing work. And I don't expect Ford to get as much passing work either. But they trust Ford enough to have let Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson walk. That tells me a lot. And last year alone, Kareem Hunt had 42% snap share. 
that's got to go somewhere. Um, they still have Demetric Felton, who I think will probably steal almost all of the third down work because he's dominantly a receiving back. But Ford's going to be on the field plenty, and he's going to get the ball plenty. Like They're going to try to protect Chubb as much as they can. They want to preserve him for the playoffs, which they should hopefully make with now a, you know, a Sean Watson fully in the system, fully ingrained. And I would expect Ford to have a big heavy hand in them making the playoffs this year. He's also the primary kick returner. So if you're in a league where you get total yards counted, he's a great pick. If he takes one to the house or just gets a lot of yards in the kick game, you'll get points there too. I think Ford's going to be a guy that would be a consistent low-end RB2 with touchdown upside, and he could easily vault himself into RB1 category. Not easily. He will vault himself into RB1 category if Chubb ever misses a game or any time at all. Um, He's built well. It's his second year. He's comfortable in the system. They trust him. He's ready to get the rock, and I think he's going to get the rock plenty. Um, I would expect for starters for him to get at least 12 to 15 totes a game, maybe a little bit less at first, but watch his volume just increase steadily and for him to get a more prominent role as the season goes on, especially if they start blowing out teams or getting a big lead and they want to put Chubb on ice. Plus, Watson is still, while more ingrained to the system, he's going to be getting acclimated. He's a running quarterback just as much as he is a passing quarterback. And that's going to mean a lot of read options still. So I would expect Ford to be a beneficiary of that. And at the end of the year, he may very well be a mid-tier RB2, similar to Kareem Hunt. And like I said, if Chubb misses any time, he could very well end up in that low-end RB1 category. Those are the five handcuffs that are going to provide value right away. Thank you.